Hello, Eucharist and friends. Uh, glad to have you listening in again this week. Apologies for being a few days late here. It's been a bit of a wild one since our first Sunday back in person. It was great to be together again. We would love to have you join us again in person if that's something you're comfortable doing. We'll be meeting Sundays at 10.30 a.m. And if you are interested in connecting with our community but not feeling quite yet up to gathering with a, a group of people, uh, there are a couple of options. We have a Zoom live stream running during that service, beginning again at 10.30 a.m. EST. Uh, and also, we are having times on Wednesday when you can stop by the building. Uh, it's all posted on a website. We've got common prayer in the morning. We've got a time of Christian meditation. We've got a community connection time, uh, open sanctuary to come and sit and pray. Lots of ways to connect with uh, one another during this time. And we are just trusting that as we each kind of take whatever the next step is, God's going to guide us where we are going. Uh, also, apologies this week for the audio quality. Not the best. Uh, we are still learning how to make it work in this space now uh, while we're also doing live streams. But hopefully the quality will uh, steadily improve week over week. We are excited to be back together, excited to be walking through Lent together, and glad to have you join us uh, in this way at this point in our gatherings. So we will uh, hopefully see some of you soon. Grace and peace. Enjoy the sermon. Take a second to look around if you haven't yet. When was the last time you got to see some of these faces? Well, even now, you can't quite see all their faces. When was the last time you saw some of these eyebrows? Wow. Just by way of reintroduction, because I know for some of you, uh, this might be your first time that you've gathered with us. You may have gathered for the last two years, uh, or maybe you have been a part of our church, but for the last two years, you were engaged with other stuff, and uh, there's plenty going on that needed our attention. So in case anyone needs reintroductions, hi, my name's Kevin. I'm one of the pastors at Eucharist Church. Earlier in the service, you met Jill, uh, my co-pastor, who is also one of the pastors at Eucharist. Later on in the service, you will meet Nina, who is doing a pastoral internship with us in Eucharist. She'll be leading us in communion uh, and in the prayers of the people. Today on sound, we've got Jim Slutes and Dave Witt doing sound and slides. Thank you guys for figuring... Wait, they get applause? Hold up, hold up. I do have a question. <laughs> no, no, they, I, yeah. And Aaron uh, on music, thank you, Aaron, for leading us. We're gonna, yes, give, give some applause. We are going to be figuring this out, step by step, as we've been doing this whole time. There is, there is no master plan, uh, but there is a sense that we're gonna continue to gather and seek God and seek to be connected with one another and see where this goes. And I think that perhaps uh, in such unprecedented times, perhaps that's good, perhaps that's enough. I'm gonna be reading from the text for this week. Throughout Lent, we're going to be following the lectionary, which is a set of pre-assigned readings from the church calendar that uh, followers of Christ from around the world, churches from around the world, millions, maybe even billions of Christians We'll be following these same stories. And so for the season of Lent, we want to enter into those rhythms and allow that to set the pace for us. So I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 4. If you're interested in reading along, you're welcome to open up a Bible if you brought one. We have few Bibles, but who knows where they are. But if you see one around, you can grab one too. Just one moment. So we're reading to mark the beginning of Lent in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4. It's 
is right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry after he has just been baptized. And Jesus, full of a Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was guided in the wilderness by the Spirit. Being tempted for 40 days by the slanderer. And during those days, he ate nothing. And when they had reached their end, he was hungry. And the slanderer said to him, If you are God's son, command that this stone become a loaf of bread. And Jesus answered him, it has been written that man shall not live upon bread alone. And leading him upward, he, the slanderer, showed him all the kingdoms of the inhabited world in a single instant of time. And the slanderer said to him, to you, I will give all this power and the glory of these things, because it has been delivered over to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you prostrate yourself before me, it will all be yours. And in reply, Jesus said to him, it has been written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you adore. And he, the slanderer, led him to Jerusalem and stood him upon the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are God's son, cast yourself down from here, for it has been written that he will command his angels concerning you to keep guard over you, and that their hands will bear you up that you may not strike your foot against a stone. And in reply, Jesus said to him, it has been said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And having exhausted every temptation, the slanderer departed from him until an opportune time. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. So in this gospel story, we have Jesus, who is stepping into now the fullness of what God has for him to do. He enters into the wilderness. In the wilderness, for 40 days, he does not eat. He waits. He prays. And he goes to the wilderness because the wilderness is a place of disorientation. The wilderness is a place where the familiar signs and landmarks are no longer there to guide you. The wilderness is a place where the relationships that help you understand who you are, your sense of self, your sense of connection, your sense of place within your society, within your communities, the wilderness is a place where all of that has disappeared from you. The wilderness is a place of isolation, the wilderness is a place of despair. The wilderness is a place 
of longing and hunger and loneliness. And the wilderness sounds awfully familiar these days, doesn't it? I think it runs like November to mid-February every winter in COVID. We've had our own wilderness experience. And it was interesting reading about Jesus's wilderness experience, which really is the most extreme version of this. 40 days without food, isolated, alone, to the degree that all of the world's lies and all of the world's narratives get tied up in this single character, sometimes called the Satan, which just means the adversary or the accuser. And this voice of adversarial nature or this accusing voice offers Jesus many ways that he could fully honor God, but just not quite all the way. Like you could eat Jesus if you just use some of your power. Or you could have all the dominion and all the influence in the world if you just don't worship God alone, but worship me instead. He's got all these ways of saying, Jesus, you're so close to the fullness of your mission. You could stop a little short. You could lose a little integrity. You could push things a little further. You could lose, you could let it go and trust that I will lead you. Jesus comes face to face with this adversary, and that adversary speaks lies, and Christ fully remains faithful. In the face of every opportunity to bend, in the face of every opportunity to compromise, Christ remains faithful. At the highest level of wilderness, Christ exhausts every opportunity for temptation. Now, our shared wilderness is kind of fascinating to me. That I know, how weird is it that we could say to each other, I know when you were traumatized. March 2020, I know, I know. I don't know what it was for you. I don't know what you lost. I don't know what you had been hoping for. I don't know how you and God interacted in that. We know nothing about how one another have dealt with this break in reality. But we can all pin the day, the very least we can pin the week, that we felt this collective loss of control, and we entered into a common wilderness where we were all isolated. And unlike Jesus, we were not all perfectly faithful every step of our shared wilderness, right? Right? When I hear Jesus saying, man shall not live off bread alone, I think about how much bread I've eaten over the last two years, and I'm like, I don't know, Lord. I've eaten homemade Pop-Tarts. One time I ate two in a row. I don't know how to not take care of these comforts, these creature comforts of bread and binging and scrolling and Netflix, I have failed to fully exhaust every temptation when it comes to bread. When it comes to the little compromises that we might make to get a little power or to get a little influence or to make the world a little more like we think it should be, I have not been perfectly faithful. Just give me a second. Oh boy. At least we're together. Have you? Have you been perfectly faithful? I know that there are times where I've made 
little comments to swing a room's opinion where I've just made another group of people look a little worse than they probably are. Maybe used a couple of stereotypes to try to make a point. I know I've tweeted a handful of things that are either self-righteous or just downright snarky. And as much as I enjoy a snarky tweet, it's not Christ-like. I've done these things to prop up my own sense of how the world should be. Prop up my own ego, to prop up my own sense of who's right and who's wrong, sort of like Christ looking over all the kingdoms of the world and the devil saying, you can have all of these, all of these, you just have to not have full integrity. You have to not honor only God, you have to honor me, and then you can honor God. I have honored other things above God in my interactions with others. And as for putting the Lord to the test, I'd rather not get into it. But how many times have we... I'll just say for certain I, told God how we think things should be going, told God how we think he should be acting. Even the idea of throw yourself off of this and he will catch you. You know, I wouldn't even jump because I don't trust God in that kind of way. I wouldn't even jump. But even if you were to jump and trust God will catch you, it's like you whistling and expecting God to come that we are the instigators and God should bless our plans. We don't respond to God. And Christ says that is not the way. That we are not to tell God what to do. We are to listen. We are to discern. We are to humbly receive what is happening. But we are not to put the Lord our God to the test. So here's the bad news about our shared wilderness experience. Uh, you're not Jesus. And I'm not Jesus. We're not Jesus. And we did not fully exhaust every temptation. Here's the good news about our shared wilderness experience. Jesus is totally Jesus. Jesus was faithful. He showed us the way Christ led life all the way to death, all the way to Hades. He has liberated all who have come before us. He has liberated us from death. He has overcome death by death's own power, and through his perfect faithfulness, he has shown us the way to life. Christ has overcome death. Christ has been perfectly faithful through the wilderness, and so if we haven't, it's not like we have to go and try harder to be perfectly faithful. All we have to do, and it's so simple, all we have to do is be humble. We just need to be humble and ask for help. God, we were not perfectly faithful. Please help us. We have not loved our neighbor as ourself. Please help us. We have not loved you with our whole heart. Please help us. And when we ask for help, Christ is perfectly faithful to give us what we ask for, to give us clarity, to give us perspective, to give us the next step forward to faithfully walk through this wilderness, not because we are perfectly faithful, but because he is perfectly faithful. An encouragement to begin. It's been two years, two years of hardly being able to gather together. And we're here. And you're here. 
And we're together looking back and looking forward and finding ourselves in this beautiful moment of humility where none of us feel like we've got it all together. And none of us feel like we have all the answers. And all of us now in this moment are able to gather together and ask God to give us the way through this Lenten season. So as we pray together in the rest of this gathering, as we come up to receive communion together, as we sing together as God's people, let's do it in that posture of humbly asking for help and trusting that Christ will give us what we ask for. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. We will hold a moment or so of silence here, and during this time, we invite you to go to the prayer table at the back there if you would like to write out a prayer. We would love to have some people write out some prayers that we can pray through communally together when the kids come back in in a little bit. Uh, and, whoo! And Jill, am I missing any other announcements at this time? That's it. Great. <laughs> We're really doing this on the fly. Let's enjoy a moment of silence. If you'd like to write out a prayer, please go do so. And uh, we will then sing together, bring the kids back in in a short bit.